This is Chris Brothers Free Podcast. We discuss black LGBT issues and topics. And I, I have a special guest today. And today we normally talk about black LGBT, but today is just LGBT for a very important reason. I'm with the BuzzFeed news reporter, Nidhi Prakash, uh, in regards to an article that was recently written not that long ago. And the report basically speaks of more LGBT people were killed so far in 2017 than all of 16, which I found very surprising. And so we are definitely here with Needy. How are you doing, Needy? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. You know, how did you come across this particular piece of news here? Right. So, you know, I mean, I've been covering uh, various issues that affect us in the LGBTQ community for a while now. And basically something that I noticed earlier this year was that I was covering you know, like almost like every week, a story of a trans uh, or gender non-conforming woman of color who was murdered. And that was, you know, especially, I guess, towards the first couple of months of the year, it just seemed to be happening so frequently. Um, so that's something I noticed on a week-to-week basis. And then basically I reached out to uh, this organization that I've worked with before, the National Coalition of Anti-Violence Programs. And they do a lot of really good tracking of hate crimes and in general hate violence against LGBTQ people. You know, yeah. and the the funny part about, you know, this is the fact that I'm thinking to myself, this has been happening for years. Why is it now gaining so much attention? Right. Well, it's really interesting because I think that, you know, seeing this uptick and it basically what the report that they had in August said was that they'd recorded 33 LGBTQ people who had who'd been killed in hate violence related incidents. Uh, up to August this year, and that last year the whole total was 28. So, like, part of it could be that just more people are reporting these crimes, or that even that they're just being identified better. But it's hard to say whether it's just that, or whether it's a combination of that and an actual increase in violence um, against LGBTQ people. And, you know, I think one of the things that we're definitely all conscious of now is that there is an administration right now um, in the White House that has made several moves that seem to curtail LGBTQ rights or seem aimed at you know, not recognizing various aspects of our communities. And so that's something that definitely um, a lot of experts that I talked to referred to as well when they were trying to understand what's going on with these numbers. Now, when you say report it better, I, I, what, what do you mean by that? To where the... Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things is that, you know, I think the starting point um, that we should definitely get out there first is that there is no kind of like centralized federal counting of LGBTQ homicides. So that's kind of, that's a problem to begin with. So this one organization uh, basically puts these reports together based on media reports or reports that they get directly from communities. Um, and so it, you know, when we say better reporting, it could mean that the media is reporting on this with a little a sense of awareness that maybe they didn't have in the past, that we know that there's always misgendering and dead naming of trans people in, especially in, in, you know, in local media outlets and stuff. Um, so it could be that they're getting a little better at identifying who people are. Um, but on the other hand, it could also just be that, um, these stories are gaining more attention because there is this kind of like slightly hostile environment that we're aware of now. And a lot of these particular crimes are not being documented as a hate crime. Is there a particular reason why? Right. And that's, I think it again goes back to this, um, I guess, that problem of not having kind of like a central federal 
uh, database or like a central way of classifying these things. So every state has, you know, like a different approach to hate crimes laws. And we know that uh, in Louisiana and about 12 other states, they have hate crimes laws that cover sexual orientation, but not gender identity, for example. So, you know, like it really leaves things in this kind of scattered state. So like really it varies a lot, you know, state to state and even in some places to city to city, um, how things are treated when the police come and find that someone who could be LGBTQ was was the victim of a hate crime. Wow. Wow. Now, is there any particular state that has more than others, or this is just pretty much all around? You know, it is across the board. I will say that in, in the stories that I've been reporting out this year, there was a definite spike in Louisiana. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure why that is, but there were, I think, three or four cases in Louisiana earlier this year. Um, and that was definitely something that was of concern to some of the people I spoke to for this article. Like I spoke to a young, a young black trans woman who works at an advocacy center in New Orleans. And that has such, you know, I mean, it definitely has an impact where it makes people feel a little bit kind of under attack and fearful. I would think so. <laughs> I would definitely yeah, think so. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when it comes down to the definition of hate crime, is there any particular work i'm pretty sure that you know you probably came across something about it uh pertaining to even the definition maybe changing somewhat considering that you know i think uh in the article you mentioned uh to where a bartender coming from an lgbt bar is actually Uh attacked and but the laws don't really say anything in particular that is strictly strictly for those who are gay or lgbt that's right yeah i mean i think that that is kind of like the underlying problem is that uh, there aren't really a lot of moves to clarify this, um, you know, and like, just I, I guess it is also a question of leaving it up to sort of like states to legislate it. And depending on who is in power in those states or depending on, you know, what lobby groups are present there, it could be really different how the police end up, you know, pursuing these things um, and whether they really take into account those circumstances, you know, like like the example that you just mentioned. Now, for the what are they doing currently right now to resolve most of these particular crimes. Are these particular crimes being solved at all? So a few of them, there is some progress being made. I will say, like, in in the cases that I was looking into, it is, you know, very up in the air whether law enforcement decides that it is a hate crime or not. Um, And then that changes the way that they investigate it as well, obviously. So, you know, like, I, I basically, in most of these cases, when I call law enforcement, they're like, we're not ruling it out, but we're not saying it's a hate crime, you know, and it's just kind of like, I think leaving it in that state of ambiguity really kind of like, uh, it leaves it very uncertain. Um, I know that there was one case earlier this year where, uh, I think this was actually a case from last year, um, where a man did attack and kill a young trans woman, and I think he was prosecuted, prosecuted under state hate crimes, hate crimes laws recently. Um, but, like, in most of these cases, they don't really result in that kind of prosecution, unfortunately. Wow, wow. Are these cases usually kind of left unsolved, or most of the time they are uh, the person is caught, whoever attacked or killed this person? Right. You know, I mean, to be honest, I can't say definitively um, how many of these cases end up being solved. But I will say that, like, at the point that I usually get in touch with law enforcement, which is pretty soon after, you know, like within the weeks after it happens, that it's still really very much up in the air. Wow. Wow. So what are the current what are the organizations currently doing about these type of situations? Are there any anything being done? Yeah. I mean, so I think like organizations like the NCAVP that I mentioned before, they're they're at least making an effort to try and um, get some kind of data out there because I think that 
without having that kind of like baseline of being able to say, well, here are the numbers and the numbers are worrying. Um, it's hard to kind of force that change in legislation that we're talking about or change that kind of attitude towards what should be considered a hate crime. Wow. Again, I'm again, when definitely when I came out, this is not even including the pulse numbers. Correct? Right, right, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's so right. Pulse yeah. is, so just bring a pulse for a minute. Pulse is yeah. considered to be stri- strictly a hate crime, is that correct? Right, 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 exactly. So I think that the distinction that the NTAVP was making in this report in August was that they were looking at individual cases, um, you know, rather than mass shootings, um, at individual cases where someone had been targeted, um, according to that reporting. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Again, I do appreciate you taking the time out to kind of give us some information for the community here. This is something that's still still kind of bugging up. It makes me wonder what's going to happen next year. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so, well, I guess we'll have to cross our fingers for things to improve. Exactly, exactly. Well, Nadia, I do appreciate you taking the time out to just talk a little bit about that report. And I hope that, of course, any other news or any other reports you, you definitely wind up writing about, I'll definitely be more than happy to come back anytime. Thank you. I really Thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much.